0: Who is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's the one who's going to come back someday and rule the universe. He's the defeater of the devil. He's the savior of our soul.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire.
0: But it's not the storm you go through, it's how you go through the storm that matters most. Hi everybody, welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thanks for joining us today. This time we're starting a brand new series I'm calling, Anchored, Steadfast in the Storms. You know, if you've been a Christian for long at all, you've realized that being a Christian does not insulate you from storms. And it's not what you go through that's most important, but how you go through what you go through is the key. And no one taught us better how to navigate the storms of life than Jesus Christ. In this series of messages, we're going to learn what Jesus said about navigating through storms so that we emerge on the other side victorious and stronger than before. So let's go right to the first message where we're going to see that there is a purpose in your storm. Matthew 8, 23, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, it says, When he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? He arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a what, everybody? a great calm. So the men marveled saying, read this with me, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? What a great question. Father, thank you for your word today and we pray you will bless it and use it to the glory of God and comfort us in our storms. And thank you for the message in the storm and we're going to hear your message in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, both Matthew and Mark record this story, the story of this storm as they're going across the sea. But each writer emphasizes different things under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to be flitting back and forth between Matthew and Mark because sometimes Mark says what I think makes it a little bit easier to understand than Matthew and vice versa. So we're going to go back and forth to both a few times. Um, now, the first thing that we see in this story is that storms happen. Can you say that with me? Storms. Boy, they do, don't they? Storms happen. Uh, Have you noticed that they don't send you a text message telling you they're coming? Have you noticed that? You don't get a text message from God saying in one week, you're going to be in a major storm. No. Storms come suddenly. They come suddenly for the most part. Now, in this story of the disciples crossing the sea, I want you to notice that they're only doing what Jesus told them to do. They are not in disobedience to the Lord when this storm hits. They're not living in sin. They're not doing anything to bring a storm on themselves. They're doing exactly what Jesus said to do. Get into the boat and let's go to the other side. So that tells me that even though you're in the boat with Jesus doesn't mean you're storm-proof as their journey begins, all is well with the world. They're excited. They're really cranked. They've left everything to follow Jesus. They have just been totally privileged to hear the single greatest sermon ever preached in the history of the world one chapter before the Sermon on the Mount. They were there to hear it. And I believe it is the greatest sermon ever preached. Adventures and miracles and thrilling travel with Jesus Christ, the man of the hour, has been their initial experience in following Him. Everything has been cool, exciting, goosebumpy. We're following Jesus, and look at all the things that we're experiencing. And wow, why isn't everybody following Jesus? Look at this. But suddenly, all of this is threatened when out of nowhere, a fierce storm strikes the boat that they're in. It says, suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. Now, let me just pause a moment. I want to point out that the Bible teaches that nobody is immune to storms. Nobody is immune to storms. At the end of his famous Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus talked of storms striking the house of everyone's life at one time or another. Here's how he described it. And the rain descended, and floods came, and winds blew, and listen to the verbiage now, and beat... On that house, I picture two boxers in the ring and one of them throws a heavy, hard left hook and hits his opponent. It's that idea. This house is being beat on by a storm. Jesus is describing a storm that that tests the strength of our Christian life and he symbolizes our Christian life by a house. The house is your Christian life, your faith, your walk, your relationship with God, how you live every day, the strength of your faith. That's the house. And I want you to notice that Jesus said, this storm tests every part of the house. Rain is striking the roof of the house. Floods are slamming against the foundation of the house. And winds are pushing against the walls of the house. There is no part of this house that is not being struck by the storm and tested by the storm. This house that Jesus describes is being totally storm tested. Jesus said that the house will survive at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, listen, I'm going to liken you unto a wise man if you do what I said. Because if you do what I said when the winds blow and the rain falls and the floods come and beat on your house, it will not fall Because you have built it on the rock. And that doesn't mean just being saved. That means you got saved and then you built your life around the teachings of Jesus. If he said it, i do it. If he didn't say it, I don't do it. Everything comprised in Sermon on the Mount, you build your life on. If you just take Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and live the way it teaches, Jesus said, When your house is tested by the storm, it will not fall, it will not crash. It will stand, it will endure, and it will come out on the other side even stronger. But what we have in our day is we've got a lot of people who say, oh yeah, I know Jesus, but they don't build their life on His teachings. They build their lives on secularism, humanism, situational ethics, uh, worldly philosophy and worldly thinking, and you see that when the storms hit their life, their lives collapse. Jesus said, if you do what I said, the house will not fall. But if you don't do what I said, the winds will blow, the rain will fall, the floods will come and beat on your house and it falls, and great is the sound of its crash. So my first takeaway from our story is that storms always reveal where our weaknesses are. That's what storms do. In a real house, when the storm hits, if the roof is faulty, it will leak. If the foundation is flawed, it will cave. If the walls are weak, they will collapse. Storms come to reveal the weaknesses that we need to know about so we can make the weaknesses strong. What we're about to see is that this storm reveals some real weakness in the faith of the disciples. When they get in this storm, their weakness comes right to the top. And Jesus addresses it. So first, storms happen to us all, and they test how well we have built the house of our faith on Jesus' teachings. When I open up my Bible and it says, Jeff, you need to this and this and this, will I bend my life that way and obey the Bible? Can the Bible tell you what to do? Or do you cherry-pick verses that you like and ignore the other ones, which really describes Christianity in the West in our day right now? We cherry-pick the verses that we like, and we put aside the ones that we don't. But the Bible says all Scripture. Everybody say with me, all Scripture. All is given by inspiration of God. It's breathed out of the mouth of God. All Scripture. Amen. So all Scripture can tell me what to do and how to live. Because it's the Word of God. Now, the second thing we find is Jesus is silent in their storm. It says but he was asleep. You ever felt like God was asleep when you were going through hell and back? Come on, everybody. You ever felt like God was asleep? Now, now, in the storms of life, the Lord sometimes really does seem asleep, silent in our storm. If you've lived long with the Lord at all, if you've gone on and had your walk with Him, has any length to it at all, then you know the experience of going through a difficult time where God seems silent. I remember when I graduated from college, UNT there in Denton, Kathy and I just thought that we were going to launch in a major ministry. But do you know that instead of everything happening, nothing happened. And I found myself wondering what God was doing with my life. And you know what really got me? He was silent. Now, I, he would speak to me out of his word, the normal stuff. I could open up the Bible, and it would speak to me. But the sense of direction, the sense of what we were to do with the rest of our life, God was silent, and I didn't understand it. Why aren't you telling me something? Why aren't you talking to me? And I'm going to explain that in just a moment, so hang on. I'm going to tell you why God is silent, so just hang tough. But I want to to show you that this experience of feeling like God is silent is so common to the people of God throughout the Bible. Let me just quote five quick psalms. Listen to this. David the psalmist prayed, Oh, Lord, you know all about this. Don't stay silent don't abandon me now, O Lord. Next Psalm, to you, O Lord, I call my rock. Do not be deaf to me, for if you are silent to me, I'll become like those who go down to the pit. Third Psalm, you have seen it, O Lord. Do not keep silent, O Lord. Don't be far from me. Fourth psalm, hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my cry, don't be silent at my tears. Do you notice that in every one of these psalms, he's in distress and he's experiencing the silence of God? Fifth psalm, O God, do not remain quiet. Do not be silent. And O God, do not be still. And those are only five. There's way more where David is experiencing the silence of God and he's saying, Oh God, don't be silent. I'm in distress. Don't be silent. Why the silence of God? Why is God silent in our storm? You read the book of Job who went through a major, major storm and you'll find that God is totally silent all the way to chapter 38 out of 42 chapters, all the way to chapter 38, God is totally silent. And when he finally does speak, he speaks out of a whirlwind, out of a storm. He speaks in the middle of Job's storm, finally. But for 38 chapters, silence as he goes through the trial of his life. Most everybody who has walked with God has experienced this kind of silence. I sure did. And I have many times. And the disciples were in the middle of a life-threatening storm. Here they are. Waves are falling into the boat. It is about to capsize. Winds are blowing it about like a cork in the ocean. They can't see any way out. And what is Jesus doing? He's asleep. He's asleep. How he slept during that, I will never know. He was tired, (laughs) but he was asleep. Now, I believe that God does this. I'm going to tell you why I believe that God is silent. And some of you are experiencing the silence of God. And let me tell you why I believe that God is silent sometimes when we're really going through distress. He wants to see how well we've learned what he has taught us. It's a test. Think with me for a moment. We've all been in school. Do you remember being in school and when the teacher passed out a test? How many of you can say with me, Absolutely, when the test was passed out, not only did she command us to be quiet, but the teacher was silent. The teacher was silent during the test. Leading up to the test, the teacher is talking, teaching, talking, teaching, talking, teaching. But when it's test time, the teacher is stone cold silent because she wants to know if we heard her. Come on, everybody. She wants to know if we heard her. Leading up to the test. How well did you listen? How well did you learn? How well did you pay attention? Because when you're under a teacher, and Jesus was always called the teacher, the great teacher, rabbi, the teacher. He's always teaching. Sermon on the Mount is a teaching. How well have you learned it? How well have you taken it in? How well have you assimilated the Word of God? Because when it's test time, the teacher is going to be silent to see how well you learn what they taught. God's exactly the same way. He's the same way. Just one chapter before this storm strikes, Matthew 7, one chapter. Matthew 8 is the story of the storm. Matthew 7, just one chapter before this storm strikes, Jesus had just told them that if they built their lives around his teaching, they would survive storms. One chapter later, what do they experience? Say it with me. A Now it's test time. And notice the teacher is silent. He's asleep in the boat. So God's silence is often a test to see if we will walk in the Word that we've already learned. How well did you learn to forgive others when somebody does you wrong and stabs you in the back and betrays you? How well did you hear what he taught you prior to the storm? Did you remember to forgive? Did you remember to not worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, where you're going to go, that God will take care of you? He feeds the sparrow. He will feed you. So what are you doing freaking out in a storm of need? Because he's already taught us. So he gets silent. He says, let's see how well you remember what I said. Let's see how you weather this. Let's see how you go through this. Let's see if the roof leaks. Now, the third thing I see in this story is they flunked. Everybody say they flunked. Oh, they flunked. They failed. They got an F in this test because the Bible says they saw the storm and the waves were pouring in and everything they had just heard in the greatest sermon ever preached went right out the window of their memory and they freaked out and they said, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But here comes Mark. Mark adds, they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So here we have a total collapse of their trust in Jesus' care for them. And hadn't he just told them in Matthew 6, don't worry about your life, don't worry about you, don't worry about the future, don't worry about your provision, don't worry about anything. Your God is a provider. He will take care of you. I will never let you down. I will never walk out on you. I am with you. I am committed to you. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands in the middle of a storm. I will never walk out on you. I am here, though I'm silent. They flunked. They totally clap. Test time is over. And the teacher stands up to speak a word in the midst of their storm. And he addresses the weakness that has surfaced in their storm. He goes right to the weakness that has surfaced in their storm. He says, why, guys, are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Where were you one chapter ago? The Gospel of Mark adds that he said to them, How is it that you don't have any faith? Matthew, how come you've got little faith? Mark says, How come you don't have any faith? Where's your faith? Where'd it go? When the storm hit. You would have told me, disciples of mine, that you had all kinds of faith until the storm hit. Jesus wants us to know why, after all he has taught them, they still don't trust him. Now I got some good news for you today. Are you ready? When a storm reveals a leaky roof or weak walls or a faulty foundation, the owner doesn't tear the house down in anger and do away with it. He just calls for a roofer to fix the weak spot, and that's what Jesus does. When we are in a storm and the roof leaks or the walls collapse or the foundation kind of gives in, he doesn't say, well, I'm done with you. He says, I knew that was there. I needed the storm to show you that it's there. Now let's fix it so you're stronger. Everybody say with me, he'll fix my weak spot. Oh, he really does. He really does. And that's part of the message of the storm. This is what Jesus is doing with his shaken disciples. He's saying, what happened to your faith? Don't you know I've got everything under control? Don't you realize I'm watching over you? Don't you yet understand who it is you're following? Many of you remember that old emergency notification system. Suddenly you'd be watching a TV show and everything would go blank and a voice would interrupt your TV show. And here's what the voice would say. This is a test. This is only a test. And I love the last part, important information will follow this tone. And then you would have that high frequency noise you couldn't stand for about 20 seconds, followed by an announcement. Now, some of you younger folks don't know what I'm talking about. You're going to have to take this in faith. But some of us older folks remember uh, what would happen and how irritating it was to have your show interrupted. But I want to take those words. This is a test. This is only a test. Important information will follow this tone. Jesus could easily have told his disciples, do you think Jesus was shocked when they got into the boat and halfway across the sea a storm came? He knew the storm was coming. So he could have told them at the very beginning, right when he said, let's get into the boat, he could have told them, guys, this is a test. This is only a test. And important information will follow this storm. In other words, there's a message in the storm. Come on, everybody. Important information will follow this storm. And it became show and tell time for Jesus. And then he arose, and he looked at the wind raging and the waves rolling, and he pointed his finger at them and said, Stop it! That's the Greek. Stop it! And all of a sudden, the waves calmed like a glassy sea and the shrieking wind stopped and the disciples have eyes like silver dollars. Because this man they've been following who's already been doing some miracles, but hey, we didn't know he could actually talk to the waves and talk to the wind, and it would obey him. They did not yet understand. He had made the waves and made the wind and made the world and made the laws of nature. He made them all. Without him, nothing was made that was made. And they asked the million-dollar question. They asked the question, That he really wanted them to ask the whole time. They said, who can this be? That even the winds and the sea obey him. I can just hear Jesus, excellent, boys. That's what I wanted you to ask. That's the message of this storm. I wanted you to ask that question and realize the answer as well. Because here's the answer. Who is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him? He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's the maker of the universe. He's God the Son. He's very God wrapped in flesh. He's the one who's going to come back someday and rule the universe. He's the defeater of the devil. He's the savior of our soul. He's the lover of our life. And Jesus wanted to move them up a notch in their understanding of who he was because you can't give what you don't have. You can't minister what you don't understand. Well, I'm so thankful that our Lord Jesus prepared us for life in the raw, including the storms we encounter, and that in Him we can even emerge stronger than before the storm came. If you're in a storm today, I pray that this series plays a part in helping carry you through it so that God is glorified in and through your storm. Be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, The Purpose of Your Storm. Until then, I pray God richly blesses you. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you.
1: The Purpose of Your Storm is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Anchored. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to LifetalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase
0: the entire series, Anchored, for only $20 plus shipping by
1: logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station